Hello and welcome to the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. I'm Mark Rees and on each episode I investigate a different, weird and wonderful subject. And on this episode we are going to explore some of the strange accounts of ghostly activity said to take place in and around Greek Castle in Conoy in the north of Wales, which has become world famous thanks to its starring role in the television series I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And before we begin, I should explain quickly that this introduction that you are listening to has been re-recorded because when I first uploaded this episode, it was only rumoured at the time that Ant and Deck and the rest of the gang might be visiting Wales instead of Australia due to the pandemic. But as we now know, not only did they visit once, but they returned. And yes, there was plenty of paranormal activity for the cast and crew to experience while they were here. So, without further ado, let us now return to the original episode and crack on with the ghosts of Gurich Castle. To begin at the beginning, let us lower the drawbridge, hoist the flag, and explore the battlements of Greek Castle. Castell Greich, a grade one listed 19th century country house, which is tucked away in an idyllic woodland spot near the town of Abergelly in the county of in this wonderful part right at the top of Wales. And it's changed hands many, many times over the years. We'll have a quick look at the history soon. But at the moment, it's in very good hands indeed because a trust was set up to look after the, the grounds and the gardens originally. And a couple of years ago, the Castle Trust got the entire estate as well. And according to their Facebook page, at least, the plan is to restore it to its former glory, or, or to restore it at least anyway. Now, onto the ghosts. And what I'd like to do is to do a bit of compare and contrast by looking at what was written back in the 1970s and to compare that to some more recent accounts from people who work or have at least worked there and to see if anything ties up, if anything is different. But to begin with, let's look at the current stories in the press. And there's one ghost in particular that they seem to be focusing on, and that is the ghost of a so-called white lady. And many of these news websites are running the story with a photograph, which it is claimed is a picture of this lady in white peering out from one of the windows in the castle. It's quite easy to find this picture. I, I can't share it myself for copyright reasons, but what I'll do, I'll put a link on my website leading to a story if you can't find it. It's quite easy to find using a search engine. And this image does very clearly show a woman or, or a, a girl, an older girl, 
standing there. But the big question, I guess, is whether it is just a woman standing there or whether there is something ghostly about it. And according to the description which accompanies this photo, this woman is seen looking through the window from an abandoned area of the castle long after the floorboards were pulled away, making it impossible for someone to be up there. So this must be the woman in white, they claim. Now, most of them name this supposed ghost as well. And I'll quote from the Metro for this one. And they say, the alleged ghost is Winifred Countess of Dundonald, who died back in 1924 and was one of the last occupants of the castle. Doomed to an unhappy marriage, the Countess lived there alone with her husband in Scotland, and after she died, he bought the property himself when King George refused to accept it. Now, the newspapers also write, although this information, from what I can gather, is taken from the castle's official website, but the Countess is supposed to be haunting in the Tower. And to quote, the Tower is one of the most paranormally active areas in the castle. And other places to go looking for ghosts, or, or to avoid if, if you'd rather not bump into any ghosts, are said to be the chapel, the bakehouse, and the coach house on the estate. And the ghosts that people have seen there apparently are the old gamekeeper, a distressed dairy maid, and other household staff. And if all of that wasn't enough, the Countess isn't alone, she has some company. Apparently, the Earl, who it is said she did not get on with in life, is also still there, so she can not get on with him in the afterlife. And there's also a, a few quotes flying around about a ghostly horse there. Yes, a horse which a paranormal investigator encountered near where they say the stables would have originally been. And that is pretty much all of the ghostly information being given out by the press ahead of this television series. But anyway, that's the news bits out of the way. Let's have a quick, very quick look at the history of the place. Uh, and this is as supplied by the official website of the castle. And they say, as mentioned, it is a grade one listed country house in North Wales. One of the first attempts at replicating true medieval architecture in Europe. It stands in 250 acres of gardens and grounds and has extensive views over former parkland, including a deer park and the Irish Sea. And while I don't want to bog this podcast down by getting too in-depth with all the hardcore details of every owner that's ever been there. Let, let's just say that it was built in the early 1800s. It was built by Lloyd Hesketh Bamford Hesketh, and this castle incorporated the family's ancestral home, and it took four decades or so to complete, so it was pretty much the mid-19th century before this thing was good to go. And the other point I'd like to mention quickly, because this does relate directly to an apparent ghost we've already spoken about, it stayed in that family's hands until it passed to the Earls of Dundonald by marriage to Winifred, the supposed white lady seen peering out of the window. And it was only after the end of the Second World War that the family 
after pretty much a thousand years, continuous years of having ancestral land there, decided to sell. Which brings us nicely to the next ghost stories I'd like to look at, because a few decades after that again, in the 1970s, is when ghost hunter extraordinaire Peter Underwood, who regular listeners are going to be sick of hearing about because he crops up quite often on this podcast, but Peter Underwood paid a visit. And what I'd like to do now is to take a look at exactly what Peter Underwood discovered during his little ghost tour of Wales in the 1970s. Now, the title of this entry relating to the castle is called The Phantom Lady. So this already tells us that he was pretty much on the same wavelength as the more recent reports. But there was one big difference with his Phantom Lady, which we'll come to soon. Now, he starts his report by saying that the castle had been described as, inverted commas, an imposing sham antique. For it was built in 1819 to replace the mansion which had stood there, as, as we've just discussed. And he continues to say that little is known of this phantom lady, but she is thought to be the ghost of a young woman killed in a riding accident and buried for some unknown reason in unconsecrated ground. Now, unconsecrated ground is a popular motif in ghost stories, certainly in, in older ghost stories where the more God-fearing people would worry that people buried in such places were either buried there because they were, they were terrible people. If they'd been a murderer, say, you'd put them there. Or they were good people who were buried in the wrong place. Either way, they'd rather not be there. And they are the people who might come back and cause a bit of trouble after shuffling off this mortal coil. Now, local tradition has it that this phantom lady is walking at night in order to reach consecrated ground to get from one to the other. And that, that kind of makes sense in a way where by getting there, she could then rest in peace. But there's also another theory. And that one says that she was so happy at the castle, she would have preferred to have been buried there. So this time in unconsecrated ground from one to the other. And so her ghost roams the castle still and, and the castle grounds. And so we've pretty much covered all bases here. One theory says she was buried in unconsecrated ground. She is trying to get to consecrated ground. Another suggests she was buried in consecrated ground, but she loved the castle so much, she is now trying to get to unconsecrated ground. Take your pick. Now, as to who she is, there have been many reports over the years of a ghostly woman in a red dress or red riding habit. Now, the red riding habit would tie in with what he was saying earlier about the young woman killed in a riding accident. The red dress might suggest somebody a bit more aristocratic, somebody who lived in the castle, possibly Winifred. But of course, this destroys the whole idea that she is a woman in white. In this case, she is very much the woman in red. Now, we have quite a bizarre celebrity sighting here of somebody who saw the ghost, and this is a bit before my time, but I'm sure this name will be familiar to sports fans from the 1970s, but Bruce Woodcock, a very successful title-winning boxer from Doncaster, claimed to have seen the ghost 
on the grounds of the castle while he was there training for his world title fight with Lee Savold. Now, I'm not the biggest boxing fan in the world, but I know enough to appreciate that these boxers are pretty tough customers and to become a title-winning boxer, you've got to be made of something extra special and extra tough. And they are not the kind of people you wouldn't have thought to go inventing ghost stories when training for a championship match. I mean, this is quite an important time for them. But nevertheless, he says he was taking an evening stroll with a sparring partner when they saw a woman in a long red frock sitting by the side of the path. Bruce walked towards her and asked, Anything wrong, miss? But when he was within five feet of the figure, she suddenly disappeared. And that's always a good giveaway that you're, you're dealing with a ghost. Now, in another account, also recorded in the 1970s, but which takes place soon after the Second World War, when the estate was being sold off, there were several reports of the ghost being active. But with the new owners converting the place into what was described as an unusual holiday and day trip centre, well, the last thing they wanted was talk of ghosts when they were thinking much more along commercial lines. And so the ghosts were either laid off or frightened away. Now, again, this, this happens a lot with haunted places and new owners. And there is, there is two ways to look at it. Because, as I am sure I will mention again and again on this podcast, ghosts can be a great money spinner for venues. It's a great way of making extra money, and pubs are a really good example of this. If a pub is haunted, they can charge people X amount of pounds to wander around in the dark looking for ghosts. Another good example is ghost tours. Give us X amount of pounds, let's walk around in the dark looking for ghosts. It's a nice way to make a bit of extra cash. Some places like to play this up, some places hate it and want to play it down. And it sounds like in the case of the new owners of the castle who bought this just after the Second World War, they decided to play this down. Luckily, for those of us with an interest in these things, that is not the case nowadays because anyone who has a quick look at the castle's website will see that you can indeed book to go on a ghost hunt there and hunt ghosts to your heart's content. Well, except for when the celebrities are hanging around there. Now, while the castle might be happy to open its doors to paranormal investigators, the website also has some fascinating first-hand accounts of ghost sightings from people who actually work at the castle. The first of which comes from Jenny, a volunteer, and this took place in September 2018. And with, with both of these, no surname is provided, so it's just Jenny. So Jenny says, oh, and very quickly, before I read you this quote, it, it isn't very clear, but I am, I'm assuming she is walking up the stairs while describing these events. You, you, you'll see why now, but assume she is walking up the stairs. And Jenny says, the handrail gave way to nothingness, and I felt something propel me up the top three stairs. Seconds later, my colleague told me the butler died right there on the same staircase. I hadn't told her what had just happened. So by all accounts, she was going up the stairs, something propelled her, pushed her up the top three stairs, 
And this is the spot where the butler died. Not a white lady or a red lady, but in this case, it was a ghostly butler. At least, so Jenny was led to believe. Now, the next first-hand account we have is also from 2018, slightly later in the year from December, and these are the words of Dewey, the duty manager. Now, Dewey starts by saying he was terrified. I heard the chain on the main gates rattle slightly, and then the footsteps began to advance towards me. It was pitch black on the main terrace, and I was waiting for the electrician to finish in another part of the castle so I could lock up. The footsteps grew closer and closer, and then came to a dead stop about a foot in front of me, barely able to take a breath. I got out my phone and flashed its torch, but there was nobody there. And so ends our second first-hand account as recorded on the website, which also goes on to say, real-life ghost encounters by visitors to the castle are commonplace and that anyone brave enough can go along and join in on the organised ghost hunts. And that brings us to the end of our look at the website. Now, if we take a step back and look at all those newspaper headlines which are shouting celebs to be locked in a 200-year-old castle with spooks, I I'm paraphrasing slightly, but th those kind of headlines, then they are not wrong. If we go back to the 70s when Peter Underwood went there, he recorded accounts from people who believed there was something unusual going on there, usually a phantom lady, and one of the people who saw it was a title-winning boxer. If we come up to the modern day, there are people working there now, or at least in recent times within the last two years, who claim that they have also had some kind of paranormal encounters. Which means when these celebs are shipped in, in a, a month or two, maybe Ant, or maybe Deck, or maybe both Ant and Deck will come across this phantom lady or one of the other ghostly characters who are said to be inhabiting this castle. And best of all, while this might be entertainment, it might actually help us solve some of these centuries-old mysteries. Because being slightly more serious for a moment, but if you believe that these reports are true and if you believe there could potentially be something haunting this castle, then these celebrities are going to be filmed, are going to be on camera, I assume, 24 hours a day with multiple cameras from multiple angles at all times. I mean, this is this will be like paranormal activity on steroids. Uh, paranormal activity, the film, I mean. The actual paranormal activity, if there is any, could be a bit bonkers as well. And so, unlike, say, some of the ghost hunting TV shows where they've only got 24 hours to spend somewhere, so not a huge amount of time, and whenever something really exciting happens, typically it happens in the corner of the room they were not filming at that exact moment. Well, this can't happen, surely, with all of these professional cameramen and sound people filming huge parts of the building for, what, weeks, months? This could, in theory, be one of the most well-documented paranormal investigations of all time, and 
Ironically, that's not what they're doing it for in the first place. They're just doing it as a piece of entertainment television. And when it's all over again and back to normal, and we can all go back there and, and ghost hunt if we wish, something tells me it's going to be slightly busier than it was before. Which, of course, is wonderful news for the Castle Trust keeping this place going. And I think people are going to be flocking there after seeing the celebs, or ideally after seeing some ghosts as well, maybe, but after watching this on telly. I'll certainly be visiting again in the near future. But never mind me. What about you? Have you been to this castle? And if so... Do you have any stories to share? Or why limit it to one castle? Have you been to any other castle and have some spooky story that you'd like to share? As usual, please get in touch. The easiest way is by social media. I'm on all the main social media sites. Just do a search for Mark Reese and put the word ghosts in or folklore. I'll pop up on top. Or if you'd prefer, you can contact me via the website where you'll also find a list of every podcast episode to date and where the new episodes will be listed as well if you wanted to keep an eye out on what's going on. And if you've enjoyed this and you don't want to miss any of the upcoming Creepy Castles episodes, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And on that note, if you are a fan of I'm a Celebrity... I hope you enjoy the new series and be sure to keep an eye out for any ladies in white who might be floating in the windows or ladies in red walking the grounds. And until next time, it just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. Dioch and Varian am Grando. I've been Mark Rees. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast. It's the best. It's the beautiful. It's the only Ghosts and Folklore from Wales podcast. Until next time, I'm a journalist. Get me out of here. No star.